Did you guys do our San Diego game last year? Joe, I can't remember where I worked last week. They're going to go for it here on fourth and one. A lot of words, a lot of words. No snap, no play, nothing, right? Hard count for them off sides. Welcome to the Hard Count Podcast as we look to wrap up Super Bowl 51. What an incredible Super Bowl it was. This is really the Woe Is Me podcast after the Atlanta Falcons beaten by an incredible, amazing, insane comeback from the Patriots. They really have solid, solidified my distaste for the New England Patriots, <laughs> that victory. Uh, I, wasn't, I didn't really ever understand the whole hatred around the Patriots until this moment. Uh, there's nothing like, uh, I guess, excellence and success that will bring out the hatred of other fans. And on that sort of measurement, that's as good as a victory as you get, Lawrence Horace. What an incredible performance. You hate him, but God, you've got to respect them. Belichick and the GOAT, I would say, Thomas, uh, Thomas Brady, the greatest of all time. An amazing, amazing performance from the Patriots. 28-3 to down they were. 19 points in that fourth quarter. Wow. What the f***, Atlanta? <laughs> and I'll get the beep out early. What? The hell what did we just see? Honestly, I want to draw this to the Falcons. I was just going through the notes and just going, oh, let's just sort of go through what Atlanta did. And they, all these guys had incredible games. Yeah. And they still lost. Yeah. Like, amazing. Coolio Jones, Matty Ice, Solid Freeman, amazing. Grady Jarrett's Taylor, the greatest under-tackle in the history of the NFL. Taylor Gabriel absolutely breaking Malcolm Butler's ankles. Put him in the spin cycle. Uh, look, this Grady is a Jarrett. game. Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett. You should talk about goats. Listen, um, and they lost. The, the Falcons, this should never have been in the balance. It never should have been up for defeat. Just on around the four-minute mark, you're at the 22-23 yard line, and you decide that you're going to drop back Matt Ryan and pass with the chance a field goal is there ready to be had that's going to put you up 11 points. And you're going to drop back and give up a sack. And then you're going to drop back and you're going to give up a penalty. And then you, you're going to have to punt and give the ball back after wasting no time after leaving New England with all their timeouts and, and giving away that chance at a two-point lead. You, you, you get it down to three minutes, 30, three minutes, 40. You've taken some of their timeouts and it's a two-score lead. I'm sorry. So we've That's previously over. we've previously discussed uh, Russell Crowe's uh, character in The Beautiful Mind being uh, Kyle Shanahan. Well, it was the point of Beautiful Mind where he loses his yes. mind that we saw from Kyle Shanahan, wasn't it? So. Yeah, I think that just staring into those steely, cold eyes of Bill Belichick is enough to send any man questioning himself. And they they got out of their they got in their own way. They ran the ball five times. From the point on that they had that 25-point lead. Yeah. The biggest comeback ever. The biggest defeat ever. This is the worst defeat in NFL history. Massive. This, is, this one Super Bowl defeat for Atlanta literally might be worse than all four of the Bills in a row. Well, the saying goes that pain is temporary, glory is forever. Well, I would have thought this sort of pain lasts forever if you're this, an Atlanta fan. This, doesn't this have the potential to absolutely cripple the franchise mentally? It, it, this is the one that... If they don't get back on, if this is like not a quick turnaround next year, this is one that can set the franchise back. It can linger around. It could hang that stink around the team. It's it, look what it has happened with with a team like the, the Buffalo Bills that went to the big yep. dance four times and came away with absolute bagels. Not even bagels. Mm. I like bagels. Um, <laughs> no, I don't no, like no. Super Bowl losses. But honestly, this is you know they managed this game so poorly in that fourth quarter. They, f- despite the fact that they led for what 
59 and a bit minutes of yep. the regulation. They lost the possession battle 40 minutes to 23, including uh, overtime. So the defense was absolutely gassed. They went away from that nice physical man-to-man coverage. They weren't running those really athletic schemes that they do with that smaller defensive line. We worried about how big their defensive line was compared to what the Patriots could do power running it with a guy like LeGarrette Blunt. They were so quick and so well-taught, and the technique was so on point early on, but they lost that. They didn't sustain drives anywhere near the level they did in the first half when it comes to the second half. Kept giving the ball back kept sapping the, the, the energy of their own defense. And by the end of it, was there any doubt when, when Brady got the ball back with, um, with an eight-point deficit, yeah. one-score deficit, was there any doubt that he was going to march down no. and score when they won the coin toss? And this, oh, I, I want to get into this, actually. So surely the system is flawed that you have the MVP that can't get his hands on the football, that it's one team only gets the, a chance to, to do something yeah. In extra time. Surely and they need to be thinking that it's got to be five minutes total extra time. And before we're making excuses or anything, so just, we're not, this is not the reason the Falcons lost. The Falcons started losing that Super Bowl long ago. I think they, they still lose, by the way, if they, even if they get the football back. They because still they, had, lose. they weren't moving the ball. No. But, you know, the Falcons started losing this game, and I turned over, and we were watching the game together at North Bondi, and I looked at you, and I said, Stacky, did you see that last play? They sent three after Brady. Mm. They rushed Pittsburgh three, style. stank like the Steelers, and mm. we saw how that worked, and it's exactly what... All of a sudden, they started scheming their receivers open, doing a much better job of that. Josh McDaniel showing some serious uh, Sam Cassell, big you-know-what, <laughs> uh, dancing moves with the, with the two-point conversion and some of the plays they did, but really... God, there were some ridiculous plays. They were, I mean, look, the, the Julian Edelman catch. Oh. Talk about... I mean, it's been often said that Eli Manning has a horseshoe. Yeah. Lodged somewhere in his being. Yep. Think Edelman may have popped over to Eli's and borrowed that on that, that play. That was astonishing. The How, physics of that play... Was it a mistake to challenge that? I mean, obviously it was in hindsight, but in the moment... It depends if he saw the replay. Yeah. Honestly, if he Surely didn't see the... Upstairs there are people upstairs. It depends if they saw a replay. Right. Your initial thought is, there's no way that's a catch. As soon as we saw the replay, it was catch. I crystal it was clear. catch all the way. Um, but it, it's just that... It, there was that play... You, that was the, so that many was the times. Play of the, if you had to sum it up with one play, that was it, wouldn't you say? That and the Dante Hightower sack. Yeah. To, to see a team falling off the rails like Devontae Freeman, who had had a, a belter of a game and for most of it was running at about eight, nine yards a clip, mm. he steps up to blitz, uh, to blitz pick up and I, I think he offered a feather duster on the way through. Yeah. It was resembling of the saloon doors, how quickly Dante Howard busted through there and got the sack. So, though, yeah, I think those two plays uh, definitely stand out and... They were just, we talked about how they were gassed. The defense is gassed. Those are those moments where you're just not explosive enough to complete a play. There were about three or four times in those last couple of Brady drives where Atlanta defenders got their hands on the ball. Yep. On that play, on the Edelman play, Vic Beasley in the end zone, uh, man up yep. against it. He was up there ready to take that ball, but just couldn't get there. Yep. It was this close. It's not like every one of those throws from TV 12 was on point, but uh, We've been quite negative here, but we should... But that's we should because, bow down no. at the at the greatness that is Brady and Belichick. Will, I hate to we, say it, but we it's will fact. get there. But I I don't think it's anywhere near an incorrect statement that if you're saying who whether the Patriots won this more or did the Falcons lose this more? Yeah, right. So you think that the Falcons was, lost? They, they bottled it. Look, the Patriots were clinical. They were ruthless. They started getting that Patriots offense going the way that they do. You know, there's out routes coming from the slot, short yardage getting guys to miss, which the Falcons hadn't done all through the first half, but they knew they were tired. When you're tired, your fundamentals go. When your fundamentals go, you miss tackles. But 
sorry, three minutes forty is the equation. With a field goal to go, go up two scores, there, there's no way you can look at that and go, the what Falcons the, didn't lose this more than the Patriots won. So what is their mentality at that point? Is there, is there thinking, we have gotten to this point through the entire season by being hyper-aggressive. We need to be hyper-aggressive. That's what's got us here. What's not aggressive about nasty-ass blocking and Devontae Freeman's explosive one-plant cuts? <laughs> like, that, it's not like all they've been successful this year has been passing the ball. They've been yeah. really effective running, running the it. ball. Yeah. And but in terms of not kicking the field goal. Um, I can't imagine what I, I fully understand being aggressive and you were aggressive getting into scoring position yeah. but at that point it's two scores yep. it's two scores I think my, I heard Mike Lombardi talking uh, I think on some other podcast and he was saying that uh, at that point the clock's your opponent not the Patriots I thought that was very prescient ab- commentary ab- very well put for a man with uh, I wouldn't exactly call him an impartial uh, <laughs> analyst but he's a guy that knows football in and out and he knows the Patriots in and out and that's interesting hearing a guy that's come from within that organization saying that. Yeah. It, it, it's the clock that's your enemy there. It's getting in your own way that's the enemy. And they completely did. They did everything possible to hand that game back uh, from the game planning, from the, the decisions to pass, the decisions uh, not to get that ball on the ground, chew up as much of the clock as possible. Now, let's get on to the Patriots. Because you're right. Uh, we have been very negative. And I'm sorry, Atlanta deserve it. Kyle Shanahan. Sorry for that last well, quarter we, performance. We've been he deserves it as in well. our praise for the great Kay Shanahan, but um, he's got to take it both ways, right? We've been talking about him being the savant, and he has been for large chunks, but he's probably cost them the, the, Super the Bowl. moment. The moment may have got to him there, yeah. and that's something he'll learn from, and it's something he'll learn from while not dealing with the rubble of he's uh, leaving the Falcons. How do they let him leave now? <laughs> well, because they're he's they're going to be a head coach. I get it, but like I they can't, can't do anything unless they want to kick Dan Quinn to the curb. Now let's get to the Patriots. Yep. The adjustments they made from the coaching staff. Explain to me what those adjustments were for for those viewing the game who were just who were similar to myself. Was like, how on earth have they turned this around? Because we basically you start zoning out at twenty eight to three, maybe twenty eight to six, twenty eight to nine in the third quarter. You've you've had probably a, about eight beers by that point. And we've had <laughs> we've had chicken wings. And we're we're basically thinking how we're going to spend the rest of the afternoon because this game is all over Red Rover. Not one chicken wing for me yesterday. Oh, that's disappointing from you. Yeah, well, yeah. I was you know the stuff going on in the afternoon. I was a bit nervous. Yeah, yeah. You had your moment on television. I don't know. How'd I made you go? the debut. Did you feel good about that? Uh, it could have felt worse, yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, did I didn't see it, but from all accounts, it was an excellent polished performance for a guy who'd been drinking all day. <laughs> I had not been <laughs> drinking all day. All I can say is very grateful to, to Lou and Joe for, for getting me a run on that on new uh, Tomorrow's News Tonight, TNT, catch out on Fox Sports News 500. TNT. Explosive stuff. Um, Great and, name. And, you know, you can't... You, can only hope when you're making your debut yeah. up there in live TV that you're working with a vet like yourself or like Lou <laughs> uh, or the many other fantastic talents we've got here yeah. at Foxwoods. I think that covered the company but so lines. For the, but getting, yeah, getting back, getting to, back so to football. Who, what, break down for us what changed for the Patriots, what they were able to do, aside from it Brady's took, amazing mental it toughness. It took them too long, but they finally figured, you know what, this LeGarrette Blunt thing's not working today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna they go were ready away from for that. him, the Falcons, weren't they? they? They really were. They got off their blocks so well in that first half. Any time you saw Blunt moving... The linebackers in the defensive line of the Falcons were off the ball. The offensive line did a better job staying on their blocks in the second half, leaving less of those lurking Falcons defenders to make plays on the ball. Guys like Deion Jones that were everywhere. Devondre Campbell, all of a sudden they were a little more tied up. They started scheming their little receivers, Amendola and Edelman, open better. You, got, you saw them working against softer coverages from the slot and getting them running out to the boundaries. You know those seven-yard gains that we're so used to seeing from the Patriots? They started just figuring out different ways 
uh, to work those guys open. And then they also got a little more creative. We saw yep. it with a two-point conversion, the fake high snap to Brady that oh, was actually a direct snap. That was glorious. Um, to the running back. And then you I saw... Like, what's happening, a Lawrence? Cu- a cu- <laughs> what did I see? A couple of play-action moves as well where there were double fakes to, to guys coming across the line. They got a little more creative on offense. And, and on defense, it's interesting looking at it. Trey Flowers really came on in the second half. Uh, he led the, their team in sacks with seven. That's not a huge number throughout the regular season. But he started getting pressure on Matt Ryan. And really, I, I think they would have been surprised to see how often they'd go to the pass. It was, for them, I wonder if it was surprising tactics for Bill Belichick and Matt Patricia to see what they saw there. Uh, because in the first half, certainly wasn't the case. The, the Falcons took advantage of the double coverage against Julio Jones and just basically picked apart behind him. Yep. Um, we mentioned Taylor Gabriel running wild, Austin Hooper getting some space up the seam because a room cleared out from Julio Jones. But they just, frankly, they did a better job. They were more physical in their coverage to the outside, started really pushing Gabriel around in the second half. So all those things, we mentioned on our preview podcast that the Patriots can do two things. If something's not working, like the running game, they're more than happy to just, hey, we're going to give this to Tom Brady and we're going to stamp back, you know, 60 or passing attempts. 60 passes. Could you believe that, would you have thought if he had to throw 60 passes, that'd be any shot? Well, normally you say when a quarterback is throwing that much, it's bad science. Yeah. It was pointed out that he's the only one, I think it may have been Mike Lombardi who said it, he's the only quarterback, um, perhaps in playoff history, it may have been in NFL history, that has an above 500 record when throwing the ball over something like 50, 55 attempts. Mm. So... Normally, yeah, it's not good news. Brady, different story. As often is the case with Tom Brady. Correct. Sugarless weirdo. Um, <laughs> where were we? Sugar's oh, great. Uh, no, I, I don't understand that lifestyle choice. But hey, I'm not a soon-to-be 40-year-old five-time uh, NFL champion. Five, I or reckon five you cut the sugar out of your diet. Anything's possible. Honestly, it's, it's, an, it's a remarkable game to look back on. He um, claimed that uh, James White should have been MVP. What did you think about that? Yeah, well, I mean, with a quarterback... It always tends towards the quarterback, and when the quarterback passes for the Super Bowl record number of yards, the Super Bowl record number of completions, it's going to be hard to turn away. But yeah, James White's got to be thinking, wait, over 100 yards, led the game in uh, scrimmage yards in a game that featured guys like Julio Jones and Edelman and Devonta Freeman, et cetera, et cetera. Three touchdowns. How did Atlanta lose? Okay. (laughs) Did you see Julio Jones catch? Amazing. I mean, that should have been it, right? Amazing. That should have been it. I saw it. I was next to you. Oh, God. Uh, by that time, you had had, you know, what number's Julio? 11? Yeah, yeah, Had you yeah. tickled that mark on the beer count by that point? Uh, no. No? I got there later. Well, yeah. yeah, jury duty. Yeah, jury duty slowed me down. I was a little bit late. So, long way getting back to that. We mentioned mid-game adjustments mm. and whether Atlanta could roll with that, whether they could stick to what they do best and keep being effective with all the multiple weapons. They couldn't. Do they come back from this? I don't think they do. As a new Falcons fan, that's going to make you yeah, pretty question. It stinks, questionable. but I'm going to, I love them so much. I'll be there. Don't worry. You, everyone just watch out there when the Kansas City Chiefs trade for Tony. For Romo. Or Romo. Stacky's going to be on the highway to KC nah. in a heartbeat. Um, Julio's my boy. He's, I'm so pro. Julio. You are going to be out the front of Salt Lake Barbecue in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, so I think uh, that covers kind of both sides of things, would you say? Yep. Does this performance make you think differently, or did it, uh, you think Tom Brady's the greatest full time? Yeah, I do. I hate to say, yeah, I mean, he is. Five championships now. I think this ends any. I didn't think there was really a debate coming into I, this. I game. do, and I still think there's a debate. I don't think there's any debate about Bill Belichick. He's passed Walsh, he's passed yeah. any number of coaches you want to throw out there. 
when it comes to Brady, the one thing I'll say, just I'm always careful with the rings debate because last time I checked, Robert Horry is not a better player than Michael Jordan or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. Um, uh, Bill Russell's not a better player than, than uh, Michael Jordan. Now, they play different yeah. sports and different positions, but they're, they're ball-handling guys. Um, and I'm aware that uh, quarterback is a whole different thing. It's very hard to separate Brady from the system with which he's in, with a system that has succeeded when he's not there. But is he? Yeah, but isn't he? Is he not the cornerstone to their success over the, like, that period of time? Who do you think's a bigger cornerstone to that success? Him or Belichick? Yeah. Well, Belichick. There you go. Yeah, but it's just enough to make you think. And the only thing I was saying, there's plenty you of people out the there who can't build the house without the materials. Can't build the house without an architect. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing I will say, and the Peyton Manning one's an interesting one because I think. Regular season's very different, and just how they played the game is very differently. I think Peyton Manning did it in a in a more cerebral way than Brady. Brady's such a clinical executor, though, and so cool. And, be- smart. and Brady's, in big moments, has more to throw up against Peyton Manning. The one that, and this is one that frustrates me when I see people of our generation on Twitter saying who's the greatest of all time and who's this... I don't watch Joe Montana. Play. No, no. I haven't seen his career. I know how many rings he's got. Brady's got one more, but Joe Montana, another guy who had a Hall of Fame, one of the greatest of all time coaches. But I didn't see them play. Um, I'd love to go back and watch every single one of Montana's games, but as a as a guy with four championship rings, I, it's it's something that I'm not comfortable saying because I'm not a 60 year football historian who's studied every single one of both their plays. I would have thought this puts him in the conversation for greatest of all time sport. Yep, yeah, athlete. Sure. But is he, he might not be the lone footballer there. Yeah. Jerry Rice. Yeah. For all the importance that we give to the quarterback position in today's NFL, it, well, it's course, actually interesting that, that, importance, that a lot of people consider the greatest ever footballer, NFL footballer, yeah. American footballer, to be Jerry Rice, a yeah. wide receiver. I actually think it's... Uh, Marion Romo? No, I think it's Marion <laughs> Barber, the uh, three-year starter for the Dallas Cowboys at running back. Uh, no, I certainly don't. All right. <laughs> You're so, so you are you're firm in the in the yeah, Brady Graves, and you've got plenty of friends there. Yeah, I think Belichick. I don't is, like any of those people. <laughs> I, I'm really I'm really mixed about Josh McDaniels because obviously he did a terrible job in the first half, but really some of the minerals he showed as a play caller um, to to get the Patriots weapons going, I thought was phenomenal. Mm. Really, to, I mean, he can walk around saying, "Yes, I offensively coordinated." How long to leave? Uh, James White three touchdown. I think. Is he, still- he had the opportunity to, to look at head coaching chances this yep. offseason. He said, not the time. Not the time. Yep. Not the opportunity. Maybe he looked at San Francisco and thought, that, that mm-hmm. you can have that, Carl. All yours. Um, it'll happen. I wonder if maybe he thinks, geez, I could do three more years here under Bill. And, and then, then Bill maybe Bill and Brady go and I get my choice of quarterback. And Although, it would be a tough act to follow. I reckon Bill will be like John Howard. He'll be like, yeah, 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 leaving any minute, mate. Leaving any minute. Leaving any minute. He'll, they'll have to carry him out of there in a box. I, I'm predicting that coming from this, just looking at as we kind of wrap up the serious side of things, Yeah. big kind of talking point going into the off-season. Like, you know, there's always trendy stuff. Or oh, teams are really into spark score to measure explosives. Teams are really into this this year. Teams are going to be really into endurance this off-season because okay. the Super Bowl was literally decided in many ways. I love how every sport does this, overreacts yeah. off the result oh. of the grand final, whatever that, whatever that sport is. One team got run ragged, losing the time of possession battle, and was clearly out of petroleum uh, by the time it all finished. And all off-season, we're going to be hearing the return of the beep test. Oh, yeah, no, this new coach has come in and he's radicalising the level of oxygen in all their blood. Wait, that's, that's Some guy called Stephen Dank. He's got a job <laughs> over there. Moving on, though. To the biggest losers 
Oh, Stacky. These Jeez, would, there's a few. These would be the people that perhaps leave us... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Where do you want to start this one? Because we're not going to go... With, okay, the Falcons. All right, yeah. move on. Something a little more nuanced, a little more in-depth. Number one, it's got to be the patron saint of Boston. He's the proud owner of a new movie just pumping up how great... Patriots Day. Exactly. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Supposedly, you know, the heartbeat of Boston leaves at three-quarter time. Now, he's come out claiming that his kid was sick. I'm sorry. Is the kid at the game? There's a family event. You can't tell me Mark Wahlberg doesn't have, like, nannies and minders and... Show me the hospital report where the kid was that sick that he had to be taken there. Otherwise, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm calling the au pair. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, take Junior Wahlberg home. They don't leave if the Patriots aren't down by that deficit no at halftime or, or, or through. Appalling from Marky Mark. 25 points down, you tell the kid, just go yak in the toilet. Toughen up. Toughen up. We'll get you some Nurofen. It's going to, you see those boys out there, they're playing through some serious pain. We're going to get you to play through some pain. So I think he's lost his ability Ooh, to play Marky Tom Mark. Brady in the uh, Brady biopic to <laughs> be produced by way Disney. way too short to be Tom Brady. I know, he'd be walking around a little set box everywhere. Who could he be, Hogan maybe? No, Edelman. Yeah. Yeah, Amendola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, big what loser. About, what about the Canadian? Eugenie. Now, you're a tennis reporter <laughs> yeah, at times. I've Eugenie before. She's lovely. And she's got a date now. Unbelievable scene. So, Eugenie Bouchard, if somehow under a rock you have been residing, um, you didn't say that Eugenie Bouchard took a bet that the, pay, the, the Falcons would not lose uh, when they were in a commanding lead uh, and said that she would go out on a date with a man. Now, this was all done over Twitter, and when you do put yourself on the line for a date and you are Eugenie Bouchard rather a or any sort. or any woman out there really or man or man but if you're a good looking individual man or woman and you put yourself out there for a date don't based on a sporting result don't, you know people are going to hold you to it do not do it to someone who has the handle at poonslaying t woods <laughs> that's it i mean oh, that's surely his, that's a I red sign that was his surely handle. surely that's a red flag. Is that That's, poon? Or is that pun? Uh, I don't know. Puns it's... lay in the woods. I don't know. I'm I thinking that's puns lay in the woods. Poon slaying Tiger Woods. <laughs> that's what that is. I think you really need to watch out there. So, Why I mean. Why taking it for the date? I... <laughs> Wendy's? In and out burger? Uh, yeah. Uh, really. <laughs> the, his profile picture on Twitter is him in a Cavs jersey. He looks about. 18. So, okay, let's just talk through this scenario. Then. You've <laughs> somehow miraculously got yourself a date with Eugenie Bouchard. Okay. How do you leverage this into a relationship with Eugenie Bouchard? Like, what sort of stops are you, are you pulling out? She's Canadian. Uh, like, what are, we, what are we doing for a date? Are you taking her to the ice hockey? I think you've got to be stunningly confident because she's expecting someone who's overawed by the moment. So the confidence has got to be in there. Yeah, maybe do something about her. Show that you know something about her. Mm. Whether it's the Canadian thing, maybe you read a couple of articles. Not to get too stalkery, but maybe you notice she's got an interest in Russian poetry. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's a lover of live art. Maybe she's just really into cheeseburgers. Women are complicated individuals, though, Lawrence. I mean, if you try too hard, sometimes that can be yeah, actually true. a turn off. Yeah. yeah. If you actually bother to be a nice person, yeah. in my experience, that can be detrimental at times. Nice guys finish last. This is coming from a man who spent many a year in the friend zone. <laughs> oh, God. I 
pretty much owned the friend zone for a long time there. I took out mortgage repayments, <laughs> 4.5% per annum. And I, I don't think I even changed in the end. I actually just found a nice girl who liked me being nice rather than <laughs> dumping me in the friend zone. But in saying that, good on you, Jeannie, because she said so she's she going to back it up. Winner, she, we, we painted her as a loser there, but perhaps she's a big winner. Because everyone's going to, everyone, you know what people are like. People will think that, wow, she's got, you know, a bit of the Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Uh, realness about yeah, it. People sure. like that stuff. Yeah, But people are kind of turning on Jennifer Lawrence at this stage. Are they? Yeah, there's a bit of anti-J-Law. It's like, she oh, really? f- I think she finds herself touch too funny. Oh, I like it. And now you and me have laughed at her own jokes in I here like on it. many a time. Yeah, I like I'm pro her. Still, uh, look, I generally lean towards most people Surely that have Lawrence in their name. The um, Laurie Lawrence <laughs> being an exception. Fair enough. Lawrence. Um, <laughs> um, so we're going through the worst yes. losers, the biggest losers. Roger Goodell's got to be number one with a bullet, doesn't he? Yeah, saying I'm proud of what your franchise has done to, Was this to just craft. Me? And with Brady there, I mean, it. He was off that podium in a hurry, was he not? Was there even a handshake? Uh, I did see him in the like while Kraft was yes. giving a speech, shaking Belichick's hand. I, yeah, I'm, I, I, there may have I, been a moment with Brady, Brady where there was a Brady hand did shake his hand, yeah. but it was and they sort of. But the immediate handover was very brisk. Yeah. so I felt G- like, but and he did come back up on stage, but I felt like it looked like he ran from stage. Goodell, a big loser. Yeah, Donald Trump, big loser. Big Trump, his why big, is that? Oh, he's. Big Aside fan. being a complete jerk. Big fan of Tom Brady. Okay. They're friends. They can, Brady can deny it all he wants. The yep. hat was there. The proof is there. The hugs have been there. Yeah. Donald Trump left the game um, about 9 p.m., wherever he was. Oh. Um, he does have a country to run. He gave up. He gave up. Yeah. Okay. He gave up. He Trump. gave up. He did not want to make the Patriots great again. Kyle Shanahan, we've, talk, we've touched on. Yeah, I mean... Uh, what about you? Are you Gaga for Gaga? No, I'm not. So I've got those who like fresh halftime shows are, are losers here, and I consider myself one of them. I didn't like Gaga's it's show. It's more just, okay, bright lights and I don't pop. Know what, I don't know what I, more I want, but that wasn't it. Yeah, it's hip-hop. That's what I want. Yeah. Well, you want Kanye? I want yeah, Chance I want the Kanye. Rapper. Kendrick? Chan- What's Buster up to? Ken- Kendrick is far too edgy for the halftime Super Bowl <laughs> show. Especially in, in Trump's America. I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Beyonce's ruined this for everyone. I know she's done it about 25 times, but she's just so good, so much better than everyone else. I know, but go with something different. Don't just keep rolling out pop stars. Yeah. Change the genre up. What's Def Leppard crap, up to? Call crap some anthem, by the way. Yeah, well, you're upset about this. We both are. My big bet is always the anthem. My big bet is always the anthem, and I research it quite deeply. You were thorough. And you found something where he'd sung in Minnesota? He'd sung at US Bank Stadium. So that, what was the line? Two minutes, nine seconds? Two minutes, eight and a half seconds. Okay. So, yeah, so you yeah. needed it to hit two, nine, and it finished somewhere at 204, 205 in the end. I'd done the research in his 2012 Major League Baseball All Star appearance, came in real quick, got it out there in about 156. Then saw him late last year at a tour show somewhere. Around the 204 mark, you know, your standard kind yeah, of, he's yeah. on concert tour. Saw him at the US Bank Stadium, the new Viking Stadium, the site of next year's Super Bowl, <laughs> sniffing around there. And in front of, on that stage, that big NFL-style stage, he pushed it out past 227, so he had the deep ball. He had the dramatic pauses that yep. really make a good anthem, especially in that country. Yeah. He's always got the long notes. So you think Super Bowl, if he's gone 227, he's going easily over 209. Respect the stage. Yeah. He did not respect... The stage. Maybe you just thought everyone always goes hard like that. I'm going to try and mix it up. Billy Joel did it in one minute thirty. He wasn't breaking any records. Yeah, right. So he didn't pause. There was no. There was no that none of that pregnant pause. There was no drama. No time for the fireworks to go up because his notes were fine. He got there to two o four, two o five. All he needed was one one and a half solid pauses, and we were there. And this does lead us into our novelty bet. 
disappointments. Uh, so that was obviously right up there. We we that was bad. I, I told a lot of my good friends that, that he was a lock for the over. Um, <laughs> no Gatorade shower. No Gatorade shower. So that's a kissing cousins result yeah, where you get your money, money back, back but, but that money's there to be. Either, uh, that either Is that un-American to not have a Gatorade very shower? Very much so. It's un-American to have a tie. Shower at the drop of a hat. Even we were doing the Gatorade shower after beating the Czech, a weak Czech Republic side in the Davis <laughs> Cup. There was like about 25 Gatorade showers in uh, so at Kuyong. Most people should have got their bet refunded, but really, you either want to see that bet come out at zero uh, or at 120. Correct. Uh, you know, if you're not first, you're last. Anything else? Any other novelty bets that didn't quite... Yeah. Oh, Gaga. Yeah, Lady Gaga opening oh. up with God Bless America. No, no, she opened up with um, the song that you had gambled on, but then... So she opened she with a, a couple lines. Did they lines pay from, that out? They did not pay that out. They didn't pay out Edge of Glory. But she did, and they what, didn't, she did one or two lines of Edge of Glory, So right? she, she did this a little bit from God Bless America and this the, this Land is Your Land or yeah, yeah. Our, All Our Land, whatever that was. Ah, so that's the lead song. Right? So she did that. Then she didn't actually dive off the stage. She That was a contrived visual that Who's, we all got. Whose uh, aerial was better, hers or Nikki Webster? Definitely Webster. Yeah, Nikki Webster Definitely Webster. It. Sorry, not Nick, even close. Gaga's probably got Webster just in terms of overall career, but yeah. it's a close run thing. It's also not over. Yeah, yeah well, Nikki point. Webster's running a dance academy somewhere in Western <laughs> Sydney. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we get a... <laughs> Let's get Nikki on. In that. I look right. like I'm looking towards a producer. Yeah. That's me. Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have one. So they ended up paying out other. No one bets on other when it comes to the first song. Nah. So disappointing there. Biggest winners? Yeah, well, we mentioned yeah. the... The Goat, Belichick, Duh. Yeah. Mm, um, Giselle. Oh, we didn't touch on Biggest Losers. Arthur Blank. Oh. <gasps> Does he have some sort of... Uh, is he somehow responsible for that defeat? It's a bad look. Owner by the sideline. Basically giddy he with victory. Like he out of a bad mob Italian movie. Always does. He's got a very um, untouchables, unbreakables, yeah. whatever that one was. Dancing around and the way he looked. Oh, Maybe the... that's what Brady saw and Bill Belichick saw from across the field. And just were like, no, nah, wouldn't have thought so. No, nah, sorry, not copying that. Yeah, that was bad. So back, biggest winners? <laughs> biggest winners. We've touched on many of them. Giselle. Puns lay in the woods. <laughs> Poons lay in tea woods. <laughs> um, uh Giselle, obviously a social media star yesterday, dropping her phone but making it look cool. Yeah. Now, this brings up a big a question, ago. and it, it was brought up yesterday at our uh, at the fine establishment we were oh, we're enjoying go this. Okay. Who is punching? This is a really... This was uh, argued passionately amongst the uh, gentlemen and ladies of Fox Sports mm. uh, while we were watching this game. Um, because Giselle is... Maybe the most beautiful woman on the planet. Clearly, she's not just a good-looking, good sort. She's clearly pretty smart as well and got a bit of personality. But Tom Brady's the greatest of all time, and he's a dreamboat. So who's punching? So Tom Brady's one of the greatest four quarterbacks of all time. And by and punching, you mean he's like punching above their weight division. So who's who's got done the better out of that pair? I th- I, think I think it's Giselle. Giselle. Yeah. I just so controversial. I Mel mean, would think that we're insane. But look. I, Giselle, obviously very successful in her field and a successful business yeah. uh, woman and her brand and all that kind of stuff. But Tom Speaks Brady... multiple languages. Exactly. But Tom Brady... He's the greatest of all time. Not only is he a successful model, he's one of the seven greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. You know, maybe he's top ten. I'm sure there'll be lots of feedback regarding this. <laughs> top ten models of all time? No, top ten quarterbacks of all top time, 10, Tom Brady. I think top ten male models. So I'm sure we'll get lots of angry feedback about that. But yeah, I, I do think, let's be real here, Giselle's the breadwinner in the family. It's funny, I was talking to Abby Jelmy, you would know, 
who uh, she's in a relationship with uh, Ben Way, former mm-hmm. Fox Sports, and mm-hmm. he's definitely punching. And uh, so she's quite well qualified to talk about this uh, subject. And she was convinced that Giselle uh, Brady is punching. Yeah, but, but she's a Victoria's Secret. We need to do a Victoria's Secret pod with her. She gave me like her rundown of the best Victoria's Secret models. But top five. Of but all see, time. that slants her answer a lot. Yeah. Whereas you and I have both yeah, enjoyed Victoria, fans, so but we've also enjoyed ours. Victoria's Secret. <laughs> anyway, we're on a tangent. Uh, other that. winners. So Giselle. Yeah. Biggest winners are yeah Brady Belichick. Uh, uh, Just the Evil Empire. Craft. I'm very scared about the next Star Wars Mel, movie. After Mel's this. a big winner. Mel's a big winner. Our very sure. own. Got to cover the Super Bowl. Got to see her team win probably the best Super Bowl game of all time. No, yeah. it's not the best Super Bowl game of all time. It is. It's not. It was two ass whippings in one game. But it was amazing. The greatest Super Bowl games of all time. The best pick six. Incredible touchdowns from Atlanta. Uh, That ridiculous catch from Edelman. The stupid, it's going over my head, Brady trick play. I'm going to get Santonio Holmes in here to... All these sacks. To to boot slap you with his (laughs) toe-tapping, Super Bowl-winning boots. Um, The best games for me are when teams are actually throwing haymakers at each other throughout a game, and their best is up against their best. This, This was a bizarre game where it was two... Butt whoopings, yeah. two ass whoopings in one contest. One lasted two and a half quarters and the other lasted one quarter and oh, a bit of overtime. I it was gripping. Oh, no doubt it was gripping and one of the greatest finishes in NFL history, no doubt. But yeah. it is not. I don't think it's top five Super Bowl games of all time. So that covers our big winners and big losers, Stacky. But someone who was grinning like a huge <laughs> winner is Hard Count's own Fox Sports Australia's own Melanie Donyashki. You can hear the <laughs> jazz the in trombones. the background. The trombone is heralding her arrival. Mel, Hello. What, what cloud are you on? Look, I'm doing what most people do when you win the Super Bowl. You go to New Orleans and have a little party. Um, <laughs> Has anyone given you some beads? And have you have you gotten naked at all for the beads? <laughs> Mardi Gras no, it's a bit style. Early for Mardi Gras, it's a bit early. They're just ramping up. There's like they're setting up like a couple of um, you know um, seating arrangements through the city at the moment for the Mardi Gras parade. But no, we're not quite there yet. But you know what? I'm in my own little Mardi Gras parade right now, and it's having a great time. What a game! What a game, guys! Amazing game. Have you got a tattoo of number twelve behind one of your ears yet, or <laughs> neck tat? <laughs> Um, like Todd Carney style? No, no, no. Yeah. That ain't me. That yeah, ain't. little heart with 12 in it behind you, your left ear. You surely need a little 12. You're a hipster. A little 12 on your wrist or on your ankle. Can you do it with a maritime yeah, kind of feel? I'm also a wuss, so tattoos are a no-go zone for me. Talk us through the experience of being there. You're, you know, you're covering your first Super Bowl at the ground. Amazing. Your team's in there. They're cooked. Oh. Twenty-eight to three. They're down. It's all out. It's yeah. all over Red Rover. Laurie, Laurie and I were having a beer watching the game, and I said to Laurie, "Oh, geez, imagine poor Mel. She's there right now, experiencing this." Because this is something we do. Look, we we all care about each other. We work with each other. Mm-hmm. We, we graft to put out this phenomenal content that we Are you love. Care about me, Laurie. That's so nice. There is no. No doubt that we thoroughly enjoy each other. There is so much schadenfreude in this trio. We love each other's pain. When the Cowboys went down to the Packers, we loved it. Yeah. When, you know, Stacky was dealing with his relationship issues between Kansas City and Atlanta, we loved it. And me and Stacky were, there was a smile. Yeah. There was a smile that you may be, for being a blessed Patriots fan, suffering mm. there at halfway through that, or more than halfway through that game. But take us through this you comeback the, for you. You You're weren't the only one. Yep. You weren't the only one. I got so many messages of, like, smirk face smileys uh, throughout that game, people loving the fact the Patriots looked absolutely cooked, as you mentioned. 
By the way, congratulations, Pat, on getting out of jury duty. What an effort. Yeah, yeah. Big round of applause. Hey, it took us all uh, working well together there. on that one. Oh, man. No, it was really good. I mean, I, as I think I told you guys, I was I was psyching myself up to, you know what, maybe they will lose this Super Bowl. It's not going to be good. Obviously, they've lost a couple before, but um, it would be great news for Atlanta Falcons O-lineman from Australia, Blake Muir. So it was kind of like a win-win situation oh. um, <laughs> for me. Let it go, oh. let it go. Like, Blake likes a good guy, and, uh, you know, that would be obviously the silver lining there. But the Pats, man, they pulled it out of the hat, didn't they? That fourth quarter, holy moly. Yep. So how much money did you pay Kyle Shanahan uh, to <laughs> bottle those play calls and open the door for your ruthless, ruthless Patriots to walk on through? Look, I didn't need to pay him anything. He was losing his playbook in the media day, so, mm. you know. So what, uh, just give us, <laughs> what, what were you feeling when that it all came together you win you're on the absolute yeah on the actual field uh in the yeah. aftermath of that like what was the experience like uh okay so the field was not something i'd want to mention on air because i've not allowed that field but uh we're mentioning it anyway uh yeah no it was uh, very very cool um kind of just crazy too to just realize what had just happened on the field but um look it was pretty it was pretty exciting i'm not gonna lie um Super Bowl, great. I would love to attend any Super Bowl. Mm. Uh, to attend a Super Bowl that I get to work at the Super Bowl, even better. To get to attend a Super Bowl that I work at when my team wins in one of the most historic Super Bowls of all time. Like, you can't write that stuff. So, As a Patriots fan, is that the most enjoyable victory you've ever had? The fact you got to stick it up, Roger Hell Goodell. yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> Oh, wow. Is. Oh, she's lost. All right. We're going to bring you back down to earth for a sec. We just did touch on our biggest losers and biggest winners. Any biggest yep. losers other than obviously the Falcons for you? If it wasn't going to be the Falcons, I would say uh, Goskowski, who maybe shown the door after that effort. Oh, yeah. wow. Did we not say on I, this podcast you thought a big impact yep. and I said it was going to go yep. the other way and I may have told everybody to bet on a missed PAT? Yeah, look, look, I think we both agreed that we both saw that Stephen Goskowski was probably perhaps a little bit rattled. He didn't seem uncomfortable with uh, those questions that I was asking him about his form through the year, which has been a lot exactly. shaken than the reliability we've been known. Uh, Great hashtag journal work from you. Yep, and uh, and yeah, he uh, he really cocked that one up. But in the end, it didn't matter. But you know, that one point could have mattered when they uh, when they took it into overtime. You never know. So I don't know. That could be an interesting takeaway, I guess. Um, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. Without question, the greatest of all time. Oh, you? stop it. Look, whatever you think about um, them being the evil empire and, you know, the questionable tactics that may have been utilised throughout each of their careers, which may or may not have happened, um, I guess you can agree that you got to salute the consistency to be there at the playoffs year after year and in Super Bowls too. Yes, they have lost a couple, as I mentioned, but... Um, you know, that duo is just second to none. And I don't think we've seen a coach-quarterback duo like that, I mean, for many, many years. So it's going to be interesting now to see how much longer Brady can stick it out before he does hang up the boots and how much further they can go together. Well, the word is that they're looking to rework Brady's deal and the talk is around three to five more years expected from oh. TB12. And look, uh, you know, we, we won't get into greatest of all time chats uh, because we need to let you get back to it and we don't need fisticuffs being thrown across the uh, what, <laughs> Pacific Ocean. Um, but you can't deny that they're, they're the best 
quarterback, uh, quarterback coach duo of all time, and the fear that they put into other teams' coaches to make them outthink of their own game plans and really get in their own way is is almost as important as what they do when the ball's in their hands as well. So, remarkable stuff. Yeah, now, but going into this I, one, Mel. Oh, yep. Yeah, no, go on. Sorry, I will just say though there is a lot of talk about Brady and Belichick, rightly so, but. I feel like the Patriots organization as a whole does need a big pat on the back because the two biggest plays from the last two Super Bowl wins arguably have been by defensive players. Malcolm Butler, of course, making that intercept on the goal line at Super Bowl X-Licks, as I like to call it. Um, And then, of course, in this Super Bowl, Dante Hightower making a huge sack fumble play on Matt Ryan, the MVP, get the ball in the Patriots' hands and uh, give them an opportunity, just a sniff, at um, perhaps staging a comeback. And I think that that gets overlooked quite a bit, but it's just worth saying. Everybody wrote them, written them off, but, you know, every player on that team never thought they were out of it, even when it looked pretty bad. Mark Wahlberg <laughs> did. Mark Wahlberg, yeah, thought they were finished. <laughs> Donald Trump did. He left at 9 p.m., apparently. He's got, he's got a country to run. He's got, you know, those... Uh, I think he could take some time off I don't know, those, uh, aren't those airports aren't going to be able to stop... <laughs> stop those Im- immigrants on their own. He's got to go and help them out, make sure that they, you know, keep their borders secure. <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue on anything politically incorrect I have to say about any Atlanta Falcons receiver at this point. Mel, you were, you said you weren't the biggest Gaga fan, but you're aware of her presence and her catalogue, obviously. Mm. Now, me and yeah. Stacky, not the biggest fans of the performance, but you are. Oh, yeah, she's great. What are you talking about? She's flawless. I just thought uh, it was a little bit... Uh, I mean, Tell me what you didn't like about it. It just didn't get me that excited. I just was like, meh. More of the okay. same, pop diva or diva. Like, uh, we're calling for it. There has yet, it's 2017, and the music movement and genre that sets the tone <laughs> in the internet entertainment industry, it is the sound of our generation. Uh, hip-hop is yet to have a headline act at the Super Bowl. It's not 1954. I want yeah, MOP. DMX. DMX, what's Buster up to? Let's get Buster on some Slim Shakes. Um, I will say House of Pain was bumping through NRG Stadium at several points throughout the night. But uh, I don't know. I think Lady Gaga was great. I found myself bopping along. I knew every word to every song, and I can't say I own a Lady Gaga album. She got hit. And you weren't probably in a particularly particularly good mood at that point in time either, and you're still bopping along. So I guess uh, points to Gaga for that. Totally. When the lights went out and she sort of, they did this thing where they everybody turned on their flashlight on their phone uh, and pointed it towards the stage. That was pretty cool. And they said like, hey mom, hey dad. Um, I don't know, that was pretty cool. And it's a lovely song. I don't know if you've heard One Million Reasons, but it's got a lot of feels. Feel. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're gonna, we might have to leave you to your feels in New Orleans soon enough. Now, I fired over the rundown to you. I don't know if you've been able to make it up amid the myriad of cocktails no. flying about there. No. I just want to ask one question. I don't know what you're talking about. Good. Super Bowl headline true. next year. Super Bowl 52. Super Bowl L2. What is the headline of the newspaper going to say? Oh, geez. Um, I think Atlanta are going to fall short of making a Super Bowl return. They're yep. going to stuff it up somehow. Um, but I think they'll be definitely in the thick of it in the playoffs again. I don't think the Patriots will be there. Um, I like Seattle's chances or perhaps um, Carolina to make a big comeback. Wow. There uh, you go. I think those are my two picks. But, I mean, I don't know. They're both in the NFC. So, well, AFC, other than New England. I mean, give me something. That's going to be the headline for Mel. Super Bowl 52, AFC. Give me something. Very good. Short, sharp. <laughs> Well done. Go off into Frenchman Street. Enjoy all the music down there. Have a nice powdered donut. Thanks, 
we will see you back on home soil soon enough. Okay, I'm going to get into some gumbo and other things. Yum. Bye. So that was Mel's Super Bowl headline for next year. Wow, she's sounds like she's having a pretty good time in New Orleans, just quietly. Yeah, look, so you can't begrudge her for being up on cloud 12. How many cocktails do you reckon she's had? She's had at least a couple of cocktails. And why wouldn't she? I, I know she, that she would say that that makes her look unprofessional. I th- would say it makes her look like a legend. She's a sports journal. Yeah. It's unprofessional not she's to be having that many cocktails at this point. Pretty much. Um, anyway, good on her. Uh, Super Bowl headline for year for fi- Super Bowl 52 yep. next year. Um, Tony Romo leads the Kansas City Chiefs to victory. Interesting that you went there because I've got one that's a little shorter in title but could be equally applicable. Yeah. Super Bowl 52, The Last Cowboy. Oh, Oh, what, what? It could be anything. Know. Is it Jason Witten? Yeah. Did Demarcus Ware come back to Dallas? Is it Tony Romo in some other team? Is it Who Tony knows? Romo with the Cowboys? You know, does Dak Prescott do an ACL in the preseason and they've held on to Romo somehow? Hush your mouth. <laughs> Hush your... If you could see the steely glare that I've just sent into Pat- Patrick Stack's well, baby blue eyes. you you love... <laughs> you previously would have been very happy to see Dak do a knee. Look, I'm just... To be honest, I was wondering, you get to that point at the end of yesterday and you're like you know it dawns on you you know no football no football yeah. but you got, the combine is weeks away it is draft season it is time to get on draftbreakdown.com and just football nerd out like there is no tomorrow we do a draft pod we will be back I think the idea is to be back semi-regularly and we'll keep you updated on all our Twitter right. accounts and then on the of course Hard Count Fox Twitter account at Hard Count Fox so we'll be back semi-regularly especially the big moments because Stacky it's like a month or so until free agency, baby. And we love free agency because that's when we're going to know where Tony Romo's going. Yeah, I know. But not, what a fascinating like quarterback market this could be. Jay Cutler's going to be out there. Who's yep. going to bite the bite the bullet on the poison dart that is Jay Cutler's big hose? Someone. That's his arm. That's his arm. <laughs> but it's been, look, Laurie, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this uh, for the season. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I hope you guys have tolerated our ramblings uh, at home and hopefully we'll be back to do it all through the preseason and again for next year. Absolutely. And and can I say one last award to hand out? Yep. Rookie of the year to Patrick Stack. Uh, it was a loaded field. It's a really old rookie. <laughs> Coming in, Brandon Whedon-esque. Yeah. Probably about I the same like age that uh, he came into the was league. Was it Kevin Costner who was like... Uh, oh, the 37-year-old. 37-year-old yeah. pitcher. Oh. Yeah, that's me. And on a Costner-esque note, it's time to wish... Bye-bye, Tartar, as you would say, to the 2016-17 NFL season, and we will see you next time.